So I'm going to read this passage from a book, um, Nicholas Coleridge's book, The Glossy Years. Um, Nicholas Coleridge, I believe, is the CEO of the, or the, the boss at the Victorian Albert Museum and um, former CEO of Condé Nast, which is, or, yeah, Condé Nast, which is Vogue, I believe Glamour, um, GQ, and so on. And what's been on my heart this week, um, honestly, guys, has been relationship. And um, in this passage, he says, in the foreword of his book, and it's so, it's so insane that it's in the foreword, this is the first thing he wants you to see. The first thing he wants you to see in his 30, 40 year career is the relationships that he has mastered. As young people, we are so quick to damage relationships, bring relationships to an end, fight people, fight people that we don't know who they're going to be tomorrow. We don't know where they're going to be. We don't know what board they're going to sit on. We don't know what company they're going to lead. You're 14. Some of you sitting in front of me, how old are you? You're 16 years old. I met you when you were 14. How old are you? You're 29. I met you when you were 25. Um, how old are you, sweetheart? You're 20. I met you when you were 17 or so, 17. And just think about that. Just think about the age. And those of you guys, this is, I'm just talking to um, the, the, the 10 or so women, 10 or 11 women in front of me right now. And those of you guys that are, are streamed in, streamed in live, I've known many of you guys for an average of maybe three to five years. And in that time, right, we have had to have faced some serious challenges. I always say to people, the best way to test a relationship is with money. Why? Because when people go and have divorces, what happens, guys? The first thing they fight on is money. So how do I know that this relationship is worth it? It's going to work out. Is if we've had a test on money and we're still cool. You're still you're not funny with me because we had a money situation. I know you're thinking, oh, here we go again. She's going to talk about money. Absolutely. How are you going to How are you going to get out of the house? Is there not money that you need to go to the shop to get pay your cab bill? This that. That's a pivotal point. But I'm gonna. I don't want to. Um, Take away from what I'm saying. I'm going to read this forward again to you guys. And, and, I, and I'm going to say this again. I speak to you guys a lot. Almost every day. We speak for hours and we share thoughts. But if there's anything I've ever said to you that counts, it's this. The power of relationship building. And you see what, guys? Like many of you guys know, you know, my whole, what the whole world perceives to be my life is on the internet. Far from it. But what people think, you know, is my life is online. If I didn't master relationship building, I wouldn't be able to live. Because I'm not necessarily employable, am I? It's not like someone's going to sit me down and employ me. If I didn't master the ability to build relationships with people and make them last, and sometimes, most times, that means you being the, the carpet for people to walk on. Sometimes it means you constantly lying on the floor, you prostrated. You don't know what challenges you're going to face tomorrow. You don't know what your challenges you're going to face tomorrow. But I know that whatever challenge I face, whatever situations I face, I'm going to need people. 
I'm going to need people to be there. I'm going to need people to fight for me. I'm going to need people to help me. So whilst I can, what do I do? I buy mercy. Mercy is so, 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 so cheap to buy when you don't need it. But you see, when you need that mercy card, it's almost like the you, it's almost like there's no money for it because you don't know what situations you're going to be in. We've just moved into this beautiful house, right? And we're kind of um, decorating right now, painting, decorating everything, and and you know we've been looking for um, painters and decorators. We kind of went through the whole thing. We did the gum tree thing, the task rabbit thing. We spoke to local friends and things like that, and we just couldn't find someone that we trusted enough right we couldn't find him when we trusted enough it was relationship of one of you guys's dad that has been out of work for a long time right a year two three how, how long has he been out of work two years three just you could type it in three years right about three years right imagine your dad has been out of work for three years. The main breadwinner of your family has been out of work for so many things. Am I allowed to be a bit, can I say some stuff? Can I, am I allowed to be transparent? Yeah, okay, because I know it's recorded. Um, and I remember when we booked him to, 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 to do one of the houses and, uh, you know, one of you guys who manages that side, he said that he was lost. Like, why is he lost? Like, like, what do you mean you're lost? You've been here many times. How have you got lost? And she was saying that she was getting really frustrated, like thinking, what's going on? Have I done something wrong? Why is he not understanding me? What's going on? She later found out that he had he had a, a brain um, surgery that's given him memory loss. So from time to time, he forgets. But if you look from the outside appearance... Right. I think I was I was I went out for a walk, I think around lunchtime. I came back and I'm just going to be honest with you, because that's why you guys are here, because I think you like my honesty. Um, I went out for a walk or well, forget when I went out for a walk. Let's say he started doing his job that we booked him for 11, 12. Right. I've come back home around six. He's just finishing that job. And to anybody else, right, that's a, that's a sacking. What on earth and why on earth could a two-hour job take you six hours? How do I know that you guys are growing and learning? I don't care if that's what goes on this truth. I don't care. I'm fine. I'm not concerned what's happening downstairs. But how do I know that you guys are getting it? So I spoke to one of the girls in the house and I said, hey, how are you finding this? Because I'm, I'm not going to put my opinion in. I want to see. And she said, it's fine. She said he, could said he could take as long as he wants. Because we don't need the bed right now. We can sleep on the floor. We've been sleeping on the floor. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Whether it takes him a day or two, it's not like we need it. And I said, wow. She's understanding the power of relationship. She's understanding the power of relationship she's understanding the importance of people she's understanding that she can actually lead a how old is he 55 60 mid 50s mid 50s just type it in just type it in 
for me? 60s. 60. Mid 60s. Mid 60s, yeah. wow. Um, she's understanding the power of leading people of different races, different ages. And I've come into the house and I said, and I knew he'd been working hard. And I said, has he eaten? I said to him, sir, are you hungry? And he says, no, no. I said, have they given you something to eat? I said, no, no. I said, have you had something to drink? I said, yeah. So I said, okay, he's not going to want to accept food. And we don't know what he likes, right? He's an older African guy. And African people, they only eat African food or Chinese. I'm telling you, it's like, it's like a thing, right? And um, so I said, call his son and find out what he eats and order that for him and feed him. And it's now, he left 15 minutes ago. He's been here since this morning. And he's been downstairs and, and the, the young ladies in the house, they served him food and they started teaching him how to wrap duck pancake. And I just remembered my own father and how much he doesn't know certain things and how much he would need young people like you to teach him. That's relationship building. Do you think that you can call that person to help you put your house together and stay for a day and they will not stay? Too if you told, told that person, hey, I know I have an invoice and I'm supposed to pay you three months. and I have been, Do you think that person will say no? They've been out of work for three and a half years. If you cannot pay them for three months, do you think that person will say, well, I'm taking you to court? That's what makes great business leaders. The next world leaders are going to be leaders that have heart. Relationship building is not based on the person, what you've heard about the person, what you've assumed about the person, where the person is at, where they're coming. No, you're actually thinking, I'm starting fresh with this person and I want to know their pain. I want to know their story. I want to know where they're coming from. I want to know the things that, that moves them. I want to know their issues. And I started to understand that. In order for me to work with people, I have to, I have to understand them. For such a long time, I've wanted people to get me. Or they don't get me. Or they don't understand me. Or they don't get me. Or they don't understand me. Why don't no one... No, no, no. People have been understanding you, Mariam. It's now time for you to understand other people. Why would this person be angry with you? Even to a point of why would this person not trust you? Even to the point of why would this person X, Y, Z? I have to understand that maybe that person has gone through some certain experiences. Had she not had gone to ask questions, number one principle of relationship building is asking as many questions. There's a young man that we work with in um, the property, one of the property businesses that we share. And, you know, the guy's very funny, young man. And he's, you can tell he's, 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 he's from the roads, you know, not judging, but judging. Um, he's from the roads and, you know, he's found us and he just wants to, he just wants to, um, he just wants to build relationship and become, do some clean business. You know, he's just dipping and dabbing, doing a few things. And he's been really good to us, meaning that he's had us busy back to back, like literally so busy, right? He can bring in, in a month, he can bring in like 20 clients a month. He's really good anyway. But you can imagine the challenges. I remember, you know, I don't really work in that business at all, but 
I remember the phone was ringing one day and I thought, you know what, let me answer the phone. And sometimes I do it for fun because I just love talking to people. So I answered the phone. And said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, do you have um, so-and-so available? Yeah, yeah, what? Like, and I'm like, yeah, we got it. What do you need? And he's like, oh, yes, I need that now. And, and he's just doing his thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, oh, he sent me the address. I'm like, okay, I'll send him the address, right? So I had one of the girls waiting at the apartment. And he was supposed to be there at a certain time. He turns up three hours late and then his client comes with his bank card, thinking the girl's a cash point, didn't bring the money, didn't bring anything, no ID. He just turns up. But remember, I'm a master relationship builder. In my mind, I'm a master relationship builder. No one can outwin me when it comes to working with people, um, loving people, giving people my time. No one ain't going to outwin me on that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. And I'm going to wait until I until I win that person over. It could take me two years. It could take me three years. It could take me four years. Because I'm going to make sure I understand that person. So the first things first is I know that if he's on the road, his timekeeping is dead. So I already knew she had to wait. I also know that if he's from the roads, and I'm saying from the roads because that's where I was from, he doesn't really, he may not have that much organization skills because there's nothing that's demanding for him. There's no demand that you don't have to be at work at a certain time. You're not going to school. So there is no demand on his time. He's never had to submit an assignment. Maybe I'm just judging from the world that I was from. So, yes, of course. So when when so when so he's hounding me for the address when he's supposed to have been there three hours ago, I'm like, I've sent it to you. Have you checked? And, da, da, da. and oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. See you soon. And then all these excuses. And then he pulls through because he always does pull through. Second thing is you got to trust. Relationship building is you have to trust first. You've got to trust people first. Grant them the opportunity to let you down. But you have to trust first. You've got to put yourself out first. And you know what, yeah? The thing about this world is that <laughs> what we do is we don't like to give chances. Oh, but I trusted my my ex-friend that let me down so therefore um the new friend is going to do to me what the ex-friend done because these are the symptoms these are the things it looks like it's going down that way how can you judge every relationship based on a past pain and even that past pain you also the third thing is you've got to allow people to have to be human you have to allow people to have human moments I remember, I remember, if I can even say one of you, I said, oh, I had an abortion. I said, so what? Is it because I'm a pastor? What am I supposed to do? Say, wow, you're a sinner. You're this, you're that. Don't come near me and my child because one are perfect and shiny. I had to allow that person to have it, to, to, to have a human moment. Because what do I expect a young lady to do who is under who is under 21? She's young. She's pretty. She's got a nice body. She lives in, in, in East London in a block of flats next to Canary Wolf. You know how Canary Wolf is split, right? Where there's all the lovely banks. And then, like, if you turn left, it's like scum. So she's around. She's, she lives close to an area where lots of drug dealers drive past and lots of fraud stars drive past and loads of older men. What do I want her to do? Don't I want her to, to, in fact, you know what? If I was a better leader, I wouldn't even be living there. I would have pulled her out of that place ages ago. 
set her up in a better circumstance, in a better environment, so that she don't have to come and tell me about an abortion. I'm not excusing abortions and saying they're right, because I personally, guys, you want my opinion on abortions? Why are you sleeping around anyway? But I had to allow her to have a human moment. Is she back in school yet? Is she serving people yet? Is she giving back to community 150%? Are we close? Probably more than ever. I don't know what she's going to be in 10 years' time. She wants to be a doctor or work in science in some capacity. To be honest, I don't think she really knows what she wants to do anymore. But I also have to allow her to have that moment. And guess what, guys? I have to allow her to have the moment after. And guess what, guys? The moment after that. Because 20 has its challenges. 21 has its challenges. 25 has its challenges. Guess what? And 30 has its challenges. But what the world does is that it limits. It limits you from having moments. And it judges you for every left turn that you take. And I want to tell you that in order for you to, to do well, I know you've heard all the prosperity, the prosperity and inspirational speakers on Instagram, right? And they're telling you, um, buy this notebook and do your affirmations every day and you'll be a great person. Speak to yourself and think positively. And I, and I believe in those things. And I do believe in positive thinking. I, I, I love affirmations. I don't do them. I read the word of God. Um, those are my affirmations. But I think giving people a chance is far more stronger, right, than any affirmation. I can keep affirming to myself, I will be better. I will do better. I'm a great person. Today will be a great day. I love it. It sounds fantastic. In fact, it sounds inspirational. If, in fact, the new one is, or they've remodernized it, is horoscopes. Check your horoscope. Oh, the stars are aligning. I get it. It's fine. Fantastic. Whatever. But I'm not, I'm much rather. I'm much rather. Why am I waiting? In fact, why am I waiting for the stars to align for me? Because I'm a Leo. It says that my relationships will be well. No, 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 no. Why don't I make my relationships, or I have the power to make my relationships better. And you know all the stuff on Instagram you're saying about toxic relationships, say no, toxic people, bad vibes, cover your ears, cover your nose, cover everything. I get it. I get it. And you have to be. You gotta be you gotta do you gotta do your you gotta do those things as well, of course. You gotta look, hey, this this is damaging for me. But I want to talk to you guys about uh, another level of maturity. I didn't, I'm not asking you to start giving ex-boyfriend second chances, by the way. That's not what this is about. Start feeling lonely and start texting somebody. That's not what this is about. This is about your future. I'm reading this book right now, actually. It's um, Nicholas Coleridge, The Glossy Years. Let me just bring up um, Nicholas Coleridge's um, bio because I don't want to misquote him, um, who he is. I, I know that he is head of, former CEO of Condé Nast, which is obviously, um, which is Vogue, GQ, and I believe Glamour, and all these other titles. But he's actually the, um, he's currently the chairman of the Victorian Albert Museum. 
um, he, he's not a small boy, okay? Um, he's not a small boy. He's not a small boy at all. I was reading he's, he's, he's a lot. He's a lot. I was reading his, um, his book, first two pages of his book, and my mouth was on the floor just thinking about the kind of family he came from. But that's a conversation for another day. I'm actually inspired. Um, definition of white privilege. <laughs> but I, I like it all the same. So I'm just going to read the foreword. And he says, for my 60th birthday, I invited 330 friends to dinner at the Victorian Albert Museum. There were people from every part of my life, magazine friends, newspaper friends, museum friends, school friends and London friends, Worcester friends, political and heritage friends, fashion friends, Indian, Russian, American and German friends, family of course, some celebrity friends to sharpen us up, but mostly very old friends. But what they had in common was that they all made some decisive contributions to my life. I'm going to fast forward where he says, I had known the guests for an average of 25 years each, many far longer. If you totted it up, it was about 8,000 years of friendship. That had me thinking heavily about um, relationships and how young people, and, and if I can dare say it, um, young people of colour, and I think maybe it's a thing of what we, how we were raised. We don't know how to nurture relationships. And I'll explain to you why. If your if your parents get into a little bit of money, or you have a sibling that's doing well, maybe your brother plays football, right? What they will do is they will lock off the entire family because they'll feel as if they don't want you to have access to the wealth. Don't talk to them. They, no, no, protect yourself from them. You know all those kind of things. I've I've got one of my one of my my sister's godbrother is a famous footballer. That if I say his name, you all know him. You know I, I'm not talking about the other. I've got two cousins who are famous footballers, and if I like, I mean, I'm talking. He's on six figures, right? I don't know the last time I even spoke to the person. I don't even remember. And the mum's fine, it's cool. But you know that they've said to their children, don't speak to ex-people, excommunicate yourself. So those things, I believe, whether you're an artist, you've done well, or you, or in fact, even if it's something silly as you have a great job. You know those cousins, they become doctors or they're accountants and they've done well. All of a sudden, I don't know if this this sounds familiar. It's almost like, ah, oh, oh, we don't talk to them. Or, ah, please don't make sure you're careful. If anybody asks you for money, just say all these scary things. But those things, right, have been placed in the or have now become part of the bloodline of 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 black young people. In a life where collaboration is life. I don't know if any of you recently saw the Balenciaga and the Gucci collaboration. And I was like, yes, more of this. More, why is it that giants, conglomerates can come together and say, let us do this. Let us merge. Let us work together. Irrespective of our differences, irrespective of our heritages. They have different heritages. They're from different families, different houses. They're even from different countries. One's Parisian, another is Italian. They speak different languages. There's so many things that are different about those brands. But why can they come together? Yet us, some of us young, predominantly black people, we run away from the power of relationship building, the power of communicating, the power of collaboration. 
We would do collaborations, but we don't see them through. That's why our collaborations don't go past season one. Relationships don't go past five years. And even those toxic relationships you're running from, you were once doing hashtag of friends for 15 years, 20 years of friendship. But have you ever had a financial situation with that friend? Because the moment something goes wrong with a friend that you've known for 20 years, you are so quick to lock her off. You are so quick to to disconnect. And I'm thinking, but you could be the saviour in that person's life. And you're thinking, how, though? How? How could I be the saviour in that person's life? How many people do you think have lost their lives during this pandemic? If I can just use that as a basic. People are lonely. People are struggling. And sometimes it's just that one phone call. And I, I, I had a phone call today. I just, I was lying on my bed and I thought, hmm, let me call um one of the young ladies that I mentor and she's married now and you know she's doing really well and she's got a business and everything's going well and I called her and I could sell something's wrong I couldn't I couldn't nail it at the time and I just realized that I think she's just lonely that sounds really silly right how could you be lonely you've got this going for you you've got that going for you but it's like that sense of unity that sense of family she didn't have it so I just said, okay, fine, this is what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to re-add you back into some groups so you can have some sense of unity. You already know that, like, not only with my house open, like, she can come, she's she's probably one of the only people that freely walks into my house and sleeps on my bed, literally. This is a grown married woman, like, like bro, like, she's literally the, like, she can just literally roll up. I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. I said, my bed's bigger now. Um... <laughs> my bed's bigger now so you've got enough space to roll around and she snores I think sometimes if I told her she wouldn't believe it but she does and she messaged me I'm gonna read the message to you guys actually I'm gonna find the message I'm gonna find I was gonna sing there but I won't sing when I'm happy I sing she said if I didn't know before now I do that God speaks to you and that's facts You called at the precise moment as if you knew I was breaking down behind closed doors, like I was just in the middle of praying. And then it's like you came and responded as God, because I wasn't hearing properly on my own. No one can tell me this is not God, never. I was really low. For me, I have a prime saying around me, right? Leaders need leaders. I say this every day. I think sometimes leaders need people more because they're the ones that are on the forefront. They're the ones that are going out to war. They're the ones that are battling with financial things or with this or with that, with a business or with a career. They're the ones that really need that help so they can be strengthened to help other people. You know, and then on the other hand, you know, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. I've got a friend of mine. I'm not going to go into it much, but she's been struggling with relationship building. And it just makes me, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it, and that's why I don't want to speak about it. Um, but it makes me angry. That's the closest word I can use. The more I think about it, I think I went from being sad, upset for her, to angry that she just, and it's not a thing that, I don't even think relationship building is something that can be taught. It should be taught. It can be taught. But I think it's just from the heart. I don't think that anybody needs to tell you as an adult how to be nice. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I, that's why it makes me a bit sad. 
There are some things that you do that you know it's just selfish. You know it. You know it's like, you know, for those of us that live with a lot of people, you know that you just finish the food or just finish the juice. Go and buy it. You take the walk. Not even because someone may need anybody, someone may not need it. But just because you're conscious about where you are, you're going to go the extra mile. You know, so that's why it's very, very difficult for me to, to talk about relationship building from a leadership mastermind perspective. I can only speak about relationship building from the heart. From the heart. You know some things you do is just self, deep down. You know, for women, you, I just want to be by myself. You close, go in your room, you lock the door, and no one hears from you. Deep down, you know that is bad. But you make so many excuses as to why it's okay. Excuses like, oh, but I've, I've had a long day. I went to work today. Oh, but I'm tired. Oh, but this, oh, but that. But deep down, you know that you could have had that one conversation. But you're judging that person. Oh, but why isn't she at this level right now? Why should I call her? By now, she should be strong enough. Why am I calling her? You know that that day is self. And as I'm thinking a lot about relationship building and, and it's almost like it's relationship people versus self. Because the only way you're going to grow to become, to become a global leader like, a, like this man that I'm reading about right now is if you have a heart for people. I don't know his heart for people. I'm only in page two. I'm not, a, I'm not I'm commissioning or endorsing. I don't know him. I'm enjoying it. But how will you have a heart to carry 330 friends? And I'm sure that that list had to be tailored and cut down and tailored and cut down. How do you have a heart to carry 330 people and host them and know them for 25 years plus each? How do you have a heart for that? How do I cultivate a heart to carry other people's problems? Listen, friends are just not for birthdays. I've told people, don't message me about your birthday, you know. Don't message me about no part. Like, listen, we... we we're in, a, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Don't message me about your birthday because if I if I want to be involved in your birthday, I'll be involved in your birthday. I've got, I live with a lot of young women. I mentor directly 30-plus girls. I've got a lot of birthdays to do in a year. I don't want to hear it. Let me explain to you why, guys. Relationship building is not just about the day. You need something. Everything you have on the inside of you, your ability to, to know how to cook, right? Your ability to speak different languages, your ability to do admin or to just know how to do certain things. That's a gift, a God-given gift <laughs> for others. Your ability to drive, you learn to drive at 16. It's not for you, it's for others. You're knowing how to decorate things, it's for others. It's not for you. And that's why you know, in pandemics, right, you saw brands like Louis Vuitton do well, Dior do well. When you came out of the pandemic, there was queues outside Knightsbridge, Bond Street, London. Queues of people wanting to join 
or go to those stores and then you look across the road at another luxury boutique and it is empty, catching dust. And you're thinking, but how, though? Let me tell you why. I studied the leader of LVMH a lot. And I don't know how this man has the capacity to lead all these different people. Let's go into it, actually. Let's go into it. Let's go into it. Let me tell you some of the people. <laughs> Let me tell you some of the um, some of the people he's leading. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you already that LVMH controls seventy five brands in total. So that what we're talking about, Christine Dior. Louis Vuitton, Moet, Mark Jacobs, Stella McCartney, Kenzo, Fendi, Tiffany. Um, I believe Fendi is part of it. Fendi, LVMH, yes, it's part of LVMH. Bulgari, their own newspapers. And all of these people have, so think of that as the company. Then think of that LVMH will have an, its own leader, someone like a, someone like a, um, Mr. Off-White, guys, come on, my mind's gone blank. Virgil. Virgil. Apologies. So imagine leading a Virgil and then lead, leading a Kim Jones. And at one point work with Carl Lagerfeld. Carl Lagerfeld, like, as in Mr. Carl Lagerfeld, when he was doing Fendi. The head of a Louis Vuitton will now deal with another global board. <laughs> How do you have the heart to carry all these people what level of patience? I remember when the, my favourite days of Louis Vuitton was when Mark Jacobs was the creative director of Louis Vuitton. You guys, some of you guys are too young for stuff like that. And I remember when they did a collaboration with Jennifer Lopez and, and rumour has it that I think like she just said she wanted like loads of free LV and she got it. And I'm just thinking, how do you deal with that? That's on top of getting paid, right? How do you deal with that? I would give Jada all the LV as well, but I'm talking about the character, the patience of leadership. How? Because you know that there will always be another level. There'll always be another level. After Mark Jacobs, there was a Kim Jones. After Kim Jones, there was a this person, a, a Virgil. There was this, there was a Kanye. There were so many people. How is it? You want to go into your mountains. You want to go into your industries. And you may be, you may be I'm, I'm talking like this right now. And in front of me is somebody who I've had hearing these kind of conversations since she was 14 years old. I do not doubt by the age of 24 she'll be leading a global organisation, if not running her own one. Why? Because I'm going to keep speaking to her about forgiving, patience, enduring. You're just going to sit there. Like, do you, I don't think you guys understand, you know, how many people abuse me every day. I'm just like, oh, that's fine. And they cannot understand why I do not care. Because my heart to just tolerate people has to grow. And that's why I understand that only, only this heart can live with as many women. There's no way. 
I've never had to split up a single fight in this. You guys, honestly, have we ever had a fight in this house? Never. Not a single fight. Why? Because even if you were fighting, I'll just come and say sorry for it. I'll just lie on the floor and start crying and say, guys, please, please, I beg. Why? Because peace. Because I know that nobody wins if you guys fight. Nobody wins. We all lose the moment we start fighting. And disagreeing, over disagreeing. I don't mean we can't have an intellectual conversation. We can't go back to back. I'm certainly still going to tell you off if you do something out of line. And even if you don't, I feel like I'm still going to get at you. But why must there be peace? Because I know that, listen, whilst the whole world is going mad, great leaders can make decisions. You're just making sharp decisions. Because your heart's in the right place. Your mind's in the right place. And you know what? Do you know when you can make better decisions? When you've got people you can send to go and do things for you. Imagine you're going through a madness we had a, we had a bit of a crisis with one of the property companies i think early this week was it yesterday yesterday our whole booking system basically crashed on us every booking just went mental and the only way it was able to work was that one person took care of this another person took care of that because you had people you can go to and assign things to do The next world leaders, guys, yeah, are not going to be people, bless you. The next world leaders, guys, are not going to be people that lead the world with their mind. We've got a lot of logical leaders. Logical leaders that put women behind bars when they're pregnant. Logical because they've committed a crime and they're criminals, right? So it doesn't matter. <laughs> We've got a lot, of, lot of, a lot of logical leaders that handled the current pandemic how they did. We've got a lot of logical leaders that think that we need more um, guns, bombs, and so-and-so to protect our country. We've got a lot of logical leaders. The next world leaders are going to lead with heart. And if you're going to be a world leader in the next 10 years, 20 years, and you're going to lead with heart, you're going to have to know how to build relationships. Relationships are costly. Relationships cost. Young people feel that they can just, yeah, but that's my friend. They think they can get things because, oh, based on friendship level, no. Based on your, your service credits. In, do you know that you have credits in people's lives? You don't even, you, you know you don't think you do. Go and ask somebody for a favour and see if they say yes to you. But then go and ask somebody else who you've been helping them, maybe with their assignment, you've been helping them do this. Uh, you've, you've earned credits of trust with them. You've earned credits of trust, so it's easy for you to get something from someone. So relationship building, it's not free. There is nothing that is free in this life. I've got to trade. What am I trading, guys? Myself. My time. My life. I'm laying my life down for people. I'm desperately looking for more people that, that I can rescue, unquote. Why? So that we can make, and this might sound so cheesy, it might, actually, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it. So we can make the world a better place. Because if we've got, you know, there's this thing, this saying called uh, thought leadership. It's a new thing right now. It's a new uh, buzzword. And it makes you like, you know, sound really intelligent. If you say, I'm a thought leader. I'm a heart leader. I'm not a thought leader. 
I don't have to be the most intelligent. I don't have to be the smartest, the most noble in the room. But I've got the biggest heart. And I, and I began to understand how I cultivated this heart. And I think of my days in prison. My prison room is a little bigger than the room, the prison cell rooms that I've been in. I've shared my last experience, my last and final experience, may I add, was in a room with about four other women. One was Chinese, one was from Sri Lanka, one from one was from Zimbabwe, and another was just, I think she was just um, an English woman or something like that, I can't remember her much. And every single night, they would lay around my bed just the way you guys are here and ask me to tell them stories about my life. Or I write a letter for them, I'll pray for them, or they'll cry. We're all in the same situation. I'm the pregnant one. They're older, old enough to be my mum. I'll borrow them my clothes. I'll write a letter, I'll appeal something for them. And these people, they were smelly. God. Matt, you can't force somebody to bath. Ah, someone don't want to bath all month because she's depressed. You can't force her to bath. You will hug her. She's crying all night. You're locked in the room with that person. She don't want to brush her teeth, don't want to bath for like two weeks, three weeks a month. You will hug her. You will share your stuff with that person. Those are the things. So I don't regret my past. I knew that those were certain things that were cultivating a heart for people. I knew that those things were... You, you Imagine on a canteen, you may have 20 pounds for the week. You gotta call your family with that money. That's what you can only spend. You gotta eat and you're pregnant and you're hungry. But guess what? There's a lady there that hasn't spoken to her daughter for time. She's an immigrant. She ain't committed no crime except that she's gotta be deported. She's been waiting to be extradited back to her country for 18 months. No family, no money. She only works in a prison. If the prison if there's no work there. And guess what? Every job she gets in a prison, guess what happened? Young girls bully her out of the job. So their friends can go and work there. So she just can't be bothered to fight. So she just takes whatever allowance the prison gives her from going to school. She ain't got nothing. So she sees me. And what does she see? A daughter. And what does she see? Help. So she latches on. So I teach her how to bath. I'm talking to you guys about global leaders. Global leaders are not people that are going to logically say, well, you should have stayed in that job. Well, obviously, if you've been sacked from four jobs in jail, you are useless. And how is it you're ever going to become anything? No. Global leaders have to start thinking, why would this person go for... And she began to show me the scars on her leg and how her leg really hurts her. So she's genuinely slow at work. So she probably wasn't good at the job. So that's why the girls really did bully her because she actually wasn't really good. So when I see a man who is in his mid-60s come to my house, who has not been working for three and a half years, and he's building a bed, it's taking him six hours to do a basic flat pack. I'm going to posture it and say, yes, sir, what, what more do you need? Why? I don't know he's tomorrow. There's something my mom always says, it's so funny. My mom loves a proverb. She says, never, ever, ever give up on a person until they're in their coffin. You don't know what that person is going to become tomorrow. And they may not become anything tomorrow. But you don't know what you can help them become. You don't know how you can make them tomorrow. That may be better. You don't know what you can make that. You don't know how you can aid that person for tomorrow. So I want to leave you guys with this thought now. 
global leaders lead with their heart. Global leaders lead with their heart. Relationship building. How are we building these relationships, guys? How are we building these relationships? If we're not building them with our heart. I'm not going to logic anything out. No way. Not when there's lives at stake. I'm not logicing anything out. I don't know how much you got from today's conversation. But I really enjoy these conversations with you guys. And, you know, they may not be frequent. They may, they, they're not, they can be whenever they're going to be. But, you know, they're just my thoughts in the week. And I'm thinking, how do I become, how do I become a better, a better person? And by no means by the world standards of what a better person, by no means. The world has their standards of being a great person. You don't eat meat. <laughs> you're, you're, you don't eat dairy, you're vegan. You work out five times a week. You use good um, skincare products. You give to a charity or two. You celebrate Christmas, Easter, and um, whatever other um, um, religious activities happening. Ramadan, all of them. The standards to be a good person in the world, you can't compete. They're, they're ticking the box every day. It's like you got to tick. You support LGBTQTV, HPTID, and it's adding. And listen, yeah, that's not to make a mockery of it because you can't say you don't support it. How dare you? You can't now. You can't call somebody a her. You call her a she, or them, or they, or it, or I. I can't be a good person on the world standards because it's not everything I'm going to agree with or understand. But I know that I'm going to start with my own heart. I'm going to start with cleaning my heart, checking my heart. Why am I not patient with people? You understand why no one's around you? Why you don't have no help? How much help have you given? You want, to know why, you want to know why your business ain't really working? Whose business have you spent time helping? Remember, you actually have credits in people's lives. They may not even know that they're credits, credit checking or credit tokening you. <laughs> it's been fun today. It's, it's been fun. Thank you. That's the end of that recording. Um, Sam, you can cut it from there. Um... And then for us at home, that's like that's literally what my um you can end this here, Sam. Um that's really where my heart's been at. I've been thinking about relationship building a lot. Um, um Sam, are you gonna stop it? Should I? Yeah, I think you have to do it on your side. It's not letting me stop it. My phone's frozen. One second. Skype is such a terrible platform, guys, man, sometimes. Stop recording.